You look like you slept well. Thanks, I did. I just wanted to say how happy I am that you're here. I love you, darling. Did you have a good sleep? I've just been having a lot of crazy dreams. Dreams are of no interest in modern psychology. Freud is dead, isn't he? Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously at all at this point. Nope. And I'm Bryn. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> Today we have uh, week two of the Dark Council nominated month, Willem Dafoe month. Yes, Willem de June. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we're going to fucking... I don't know if we can get it. Junum, Junum Defoe. Junum Defoe, I think, is the closest <laughs> we can get. Will June Defoe. It's a celebration of one of the finest actors of our time, Willem Defoe. And we are watching probably some of his worst movies uh, this yeah, month. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of a lot of Willem Defoe's movies. Um, not as much uh, these aren't the ones on my list of the best is always yeah, what i'll for say sure what and did we watch we'll, last week we'll, like, i forget finish now. the um last week we watched uh the boondock saints of course oh, oh big time of hatred <laughs> of that movie actually and so i think um i think we should round out the month maybe with like a like a celebratory because i think our last one is um is the lighthouse, which is very good. Yes. So maybe we'll round out the month as a celebration of Willem the artist and actually talk about the stuff we like of his. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good idea. Uh, watch something that that I actually really like. I mean, I can't even think. What's a What's one that I love? I mean, I guess I I have time to think about it. He's I great in I, the Life Aquatic. Oh yes, I love him in that very much. Um, he is great in that. I like him. Big fan of him in uh, Wild at Heart. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Never the, seen that. The David Lynch movie. Um, he's just he's gross. He's great in Grand Budapest. He's great in the Florida Project. I still haven't seen that movie. Did that not end up on here? Nope. God damn it! You no should Florida. watch that for for one of these weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a, as your extended reading, it's so fucking good. I feel like they're threatening to uh, make us watch that anyway for a different reason next mm. month, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, he's great in Aquaman. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's great in Aquaman. I mean, I can't wait for that movie to come out. Number two. <laughs> Oof! It's this year. It's this December is Aquaman too. We should go see it. Thank God, our long national nightmare is almost <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been reading about uh, Donald Trump's uh, boxes, and it has—it's been a long time since something politically has been that funny to me. Like when I, they, yeah, I love how just like the one picture is just of his shitter, and like another <laughs> one has like a Gibson gig bag just sitting around in it for some reason. <laughs> He's taking out a little Stratocaster and trying to do a few licks or something. So funny! No, it's a Gibson. It's a Gibson case. So it's he's got like a fucking. He's got SG one of those like in there. He's got one of those shitty yeah cherry burst like uh, Les Pauls. <laughs> of course, just like the, the worst guitar. <laughs> but what's funny about that the the bathroom that has a chandelier is you can see boxes poking out from over the shower curtain because there's mm. boxes in the shower too. Yeah. I saw that and that made me lose it. Hilarious. Was, <laughs> uh but uh yeah the long national nightmare is almost over because Aquaman is coming Finally, out. Finally we'll have Aquaman too. <laughs> Justice. Uh, Finally <laughs> for a bankrupt fucking society. <laughs> uh speaking of that uh what what uh, did you watch this week jeremy 
Thank you for asking, Bryn. I have been extremely, extremely sick uh, this past week. I forgot. Uh, I've had a a brutal fever, and um, my brain was fucking fried for like a couple of days. I couldn't really like focus much on anything. It sounds like you had the COVID. It probably had the. I probably had my my aunt Coco in town. Um, (laughs) So I watched um, the the COVIDiodrome. I uh, I decided to watch uh, something that would just be stupid that I could kind of like disregard and and not really pay too much attention to. So I watched the Peacock original series Bupkiss. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a Yellow Sun update as well. John Dutton is now the governor. <laughs> He's of, become the governor of, of the town or of the Montana. State? Yeah, of he's, the Montana? Gov- he's the governor of Montana now. And, Holy uh, shit! <laughs> and he's like immediately doing like the most corrupt shit ever. He's ha- he like has his uh, his inauguration party uh, at his ranch, and he charges the government like two million dollars to do it. And like his son is just like, Dad, you're gonna get in trouble. And he's like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> so, uh, but no, so I watched Bup Kiss, which is the uh, the new Pete Davidson vehicle. Which I'm noticing, just before you say anything, has Chris O'Donnell in it. Mm-hmm. A man who hasn't been in a movie since 2010. Uh, I don't know if he got blackballed or what, but... Chris, Chris O'Donnell. Remember Robin from Batman and Robin? Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. He's just been like, not oh yeah, he's in Pete's agent. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, no, he's, he's not a major. He's not a big player in this. He's around. Um, no, it's Pete Davidson plays himself. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a Louis style, you know, like heightened version of reality sort of show. So um, he's just like in New York, being like, I'm going to open mics and shit. No, it's even like it's it's weirder than that. It's he's so first of all he's in Staten Island because that's where he's from and that's where he still lives. Uh, he lives sure. in his mom's basement uh, in Staten Island. Um, okay, and he's got it all like tricked out into this like crazy like hype beast dungeon, uh, and he like hangs out with his like little shithead friends from when he was growing up, and he just gets high all the time and whatever. And then like okay. every couple of episodes, it's like he goes out on like a movie or something, and he like or does a commercial or whatever. Uh, he barely does stand up at all. Wait, uh, so what? At what point? Wait, he's playing himself. Mm-hmm. And at what point in his career is this? Like now. Oh, so it's more like Curb. Yeah, it's kind of like Curb, also. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and and so it's it's he plays himself. Edie Falco plays his mother, and then uh, Joe Pesci plays his grandpa. And the beginning okay. of the series is that he uh, he's hanging out with his grandpa, and his grandpa's like. Uh, so I'm dying. Um, and, uh, so that's, you know, I have like cancer and it's not going away and I'm going to die pretty soon. And he's like, I really just want to spend time with you and get to know you as a person. Cause I feel like, you know, we were really close when you were a kid and then we kind of drifted apart and now I don't really know you that well anymore. And mm-hmm. I'd love to like know you better before I go. And so it's all about like the whole series really is just I mean, his grandpa's not even like in every episode and it's not always about this, but it's like basically this one event kind of prompts him to start like looking towards his family more. Okay. And so it's this interesting show that like is told from the perspective of somebody who like you'd imagine is sober now, but I don't know that he actually is. Uh, but it's all about him just being like i need to stop doing drugs like this my family is worried about me and i don't want to worry them because i love them and like you know like there's an episode where um like tmz falsely reports that he died in a car wreck and uh (laughs) but his phone is dead and he's trying to find somebody to charge his phone and like the B plot of it is Edie Falco just having a fucking panic attack, mm. you know, and just like freaking out that her son is dead. And, and, um, and there's like an episode that's like all flashback of him at, uh, Oh, his mom is his charm. 
Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. And so there's the there's this element of it as well where it's like everybody in this is like the most like noteworthy Italian American actors that <laughs> exist. <laughs> like, is Pete Davidson Italian? He's apparently, I guess, he's like half, uh, and then his his other half is Jewish. Um, okay. But he's got like he's Bobby like Cannavale plays his uncle. Ray Romano is in the show. Um, <laughs> like a bunch of people just pop up here and there that I just recognize from like mafia movies and stuff. Is Bobby Cannavale? Who is that? Is that Little Carmine? No, he's not in. Um, he's not in Sopranos. He's not in Sopranos, but he's you'd know his face if you just click him. He's he's a guy. I clicked he's him. He looks like Little Carmine. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess he kind of does, but he's way younger than little Carmine. Oh, okay. Um, Way better looking. Um, But he's, yeah, he's just like, he's a guy. He's around. He's in a lot of shit. Um, Shane Gillis is in it. Shane Gillis is in it. Canceled Um, for being Chinese. Hilarious, by the way, that like, (laughs) it kind of like shows them that Pete is like, uh, like maybe he's the one who brought Shane in that first time around or whatever to bring him into SNL to try to get him the job. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So Bobby Cannavale plays his uncle and there's an episode about his uncle's wedding and it's like a flashback to the week after his dad dies and it's his, his uncle's wedding. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Pete Davidson's dad dies on nine 11. And so it's all about like the week after nine 11 and all this like jingoistic shit that everybody's into. And he's just like, he's just like a little kid who's just like sad about his dad, but also like a little attention seeking, uh, you know, nineties kid. Who's like a going to be a comedian one day. So it's all just like him just like acting out at this wedding, just like, you know, they keep trying to take family pictures and he keeps like sticking his finger through the fly of his pants to look like a dick. And they keep like having to retake the pictures. And then like, <laughs> finally he doesn't do it. But then he goes like smoking. <laughs> Cause it's the mask. Cause it's came the mask. Out. Cause it's the 90s. <laughs> so it's like little stuff like that is like really interesting and really sweet. And like, um, it's weird. I don't, I mean, you haven't actually said if you like the show. I do. I uh, actually really like it. Okay. I think it like it tonally kind of like feels like there's a lot of stuff in it that I don't like. I think every time it tries to be like zany, like uh, dirty, funny, like the first scene of the show is he's jacking off to VR porn and then his mom is bringing his laundry down into the basement and he accidentally busts on her. And I'm like, eh, it just like doesn't really do it for me. It's not very funny. But then like the rest of that episode is really nice and it's all about him and his grandpa. Mm. And um, even the, even there's like a dirty zany thing at the end of that bit where him and his grandpa, um, take, they're supposed to go out for a night on the town. And he's like, I think my grandpa wants me to like get him laid. So he like hires a prostitute for him and they're going to go out to this club. But then his grandpa's like, we got to invite your uncle Tom or your uncle, uh, whatever. And he's like, uh, that's like, he's not really my uncle. He's just your friend. And he's like, I, well, we're going to bring him anyway. Um, and uh, so they bring him out. And then um, he like, uh, Joe Pesci is like, why did you bring a prostitute here? I don't want to fuck a prostitute. Uh, why don't you fuck her uncle? Whatever. And he's like, okay, sure. And he like goes and fucks her. And then like his hip gives out. And uh-huh. he's like stuck on top of her. And so they have to like try to pull him off. And then he's like, well, why don't you just, could you just like, I mean, I'm almost done. Why don't you just like thrust me a couple of times and I'll just be done. And Pete's like, no, I'm not fucking doing that. And like his grandpa's like, he's like, Pete, what have I been telling you? You need to start doing things for people who aren't you. You know, you need to start like caring about other people aside from yourself. Why don't you fucking just do it? Just help the man out. You know, he's an old man. He doesn't have much in his life. Why don't you do this for Wait, his him? mom is saying that? No, it's his grandpa. Yeah, yeah. His grandpa is being like, why don't you respect this elder man and help him out? And so the kind of the end of the episode is Pete just like thrusting (laughs) him into the guy. Into the girl. Into the girl, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Uh, yeah, something about Pete Davidson, it's just like, it just, a lot of the choices, just looking at the trailer and reading the Wikipedia, just feel like, he just wants you to know that he knows people mm-hmm. like he just he has. I just can't give him the benefit of the doubt for some reason. Like he just doesn't seem like a genuine person to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like it's 
I, I don't know him like as a human being, like I'm not making a personal judgment, but like as a character, I just think of him as kind of a shitty guy. Sure. And I just, I don't get any charm from him. And it's like, he's too sleazy and annoying and irresponsible for me to be like, I want to see your personal life. Mm-hmm. Especially when it doesn't seem that self-deprecating. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I wouldn't say the thing is, I don't think that it is very self-deprecating necessarily. I mean, it is a little bit because like, but I Louis think it is all self-deprecating. It is. I think there's a different thing happening here, though, where like I think what's interesting in this show isn't the self isn't like using self-deprecation to to humble himself and, and make him you know more down to earth, but rather like he's using like his family and his relationships with them as a way of doing that, like like when I tell you that like the episode about his uncle's wedding and then like you're cutting between his flashback of the wedding and then him hanging out with him in present day. And they're just like drinking at a bar together and his uncle's just being like, I hate my wife. I like, I don't love my, my life anymore and I don't know what to do about it. Uh-huh. And like, it's just like Pete, like the whole time you keep thinking like, Oh man, is he going to like talk him out of it? Or is he going to like do whatever, whatever, and then the end of it is he just kind of like drops them off and you just kind of like suddenly get the impression that like this is just what it's like when they hang out and they do this all the time. <laughs> There's this, this kind of like sweetness to it where you're like, I get it. You're just kind of like a piece of shit from from Staten Island. Like you just have like a family in a neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know. I, I, I find it very interesting the way that he's choosing to humble himself in this. I don't know. I don't buy it. I'll give it a shot. Because uh, there's a lot of great people in here, but I just find him so annoying, and I don't really know why. Yeah, L- Louis is literally a sexual predator. I know, right? <laughs> and as far as I know, Pete Davidson is a fine person, but I just I hate looking at him. Another very funny thing in this, he just seems like he wants us to think that he's so cool. Yeah, and, and he just, does a little bit. I think he um, does. He he's like, nah, I'm cool. I mean, like even in this, like yeah, I think he even does, but. One last thing to to point out that I think is very funny is that there's a scene where he goes and meets up with John Mulaney uh, to talk about going to rehab. Um, And it's very funny because it's very obviously like it's not really part of the show at all. It has nothing to do with anything that's happening. It doesn't really help the show necessarily, Uh but it's very obviously placed in there just for the two of them to have another opportunity to be like, by the way, Pete did not give me drugs. That's not why I relapsed. That's not what happened. (laughs) that's so narcissistic it's so lame i don't know (laughs) i hate that stuff (laughs) i get it but i mean i also like john mulaney's fans are fucking insane and i could imagine pete feels a lot of pressure from them (laughs) just being like yeah i'm sorry i didn't fucking make him do coke (laughs) i didn't do it (laughs) it wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) maybe it was though well, what uh, what did you watch this week? Oh, okay. I have two. Uh, first one I want to talk about really quickly. Uh, it's the much better movie that I watched this week called uh, Memoria or Memoria. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine it's Memoria. Uh, it's the, you're supposed to say it like it's Spanish. So Memoria. Memoria. I, I think. Okay, so then you're right. Yeah. Um, I, it, it looks like whatever. It doesn't From matter. From 2021. From 2021, directed by Apichatpong Wirasethakul, who uh, I can never remember how to say that guy's name. He is a great film director from, uh, he's he's Thai. Um, from it's Thailand. like we got a Lydia Tarr looking bitch here. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I know, but she'd be looking like Lydia Tarr. In she this. does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Yes, Appy Chad Pong, he uh, is very good. He directed a movie called Uncle Boon Me Who Can Recall His Past Lives in 2010, which I loved. I saw in the theater, and it's a beautiful movie. Um, and he's been sort of making steadily more um, more funded movies, we'll say. <laughs> um, this one is funded. It's, it's an American. It's, it's, it's in English. It's actually shot in... Um, Columbia, and it's just about this woman who uh can't sleep because she keeps hearing a weird noise okay uh, like a loud noise sounds in the like Lydia of the night. Tar. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, she is sort of just on on a path to try to figure out what the noise is. Mm-hmm. It's very slow. Lots of very long shots that are very well composed and sort of play out very slowly. I was going to say, and these are really beautiful. It's gorgeous. The movie's a gorgeous movie. Um, it's sort of just about a woman sort of learning to pay attention to the things around her. Mm-hmm. It has, like all of his movies, a bit of a um, magical realism, sci-fi kind of feel towards it, uh, or, or things weird things happen in the movie um, that are sort of scary. And then also, but maybe if you look at them in another way, not as scary. Like in, in Uncle Boon Me, it's about like their son's like ghost is like haunting their house, but he's just like a guy. Uh, he, he's like a big ape with red eyes. Um, but it's like, it's really scary when you first see him, but then it's like, he just like talks to him. He's like, Hey, I miss you. Uh, <laughs> and there's like long talking sequences with the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really hard to describe his, his style. It's very artsy. If you don't want to watch a two hour long movie, that's like maybe 20 shots, <laughs> sort of like, kind of like a, um, Roy Anderson type of movie. Um, there's literally like a three minute long shot of a guy sleeping. Um, it's very, 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 very good though. And I, I don't want to say too much about it because it's, it's, uh, the more, you know about it, the less impactful it is, mm-hmm. but just expect some weird shit to happen at the end. Um, and it all sort of to make this weird kind of like emotional sense. Um, it's just a very good movie. Um, the one I really wanted to talk about, though, is a movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Ooh, um, I di- almost watched that. <laughs> directed by Jane Schoenbrunn. Mm-hmm. Um, I it looks know. really interesting. I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, I don't remember when it was. It was We were doing a month that like the theme seemed like it would It might have been for Halloween. Um, oh, yeah, because it came out last year in January of 2020. Or... It was released in theaters on April 15th, 2022, um, and HBO Max, September 1st, 2022. So, yeah, so I think I was good. It looks like a horror movie, right? It like, so, I mean, I, I saw your, <laughs> uh, I saw your words on it. Oh, so you know what I think about it. Um, <laughs> generally speaking. Yeah. But I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a horror movie. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll check that out. I was worried to watch it because I don't. I'm. I get a little scared of horror movies. Um, what? <laughs> uh, she looks like the Hitcher in this one bit from uh, The Mighty Boosh. <laughs> oh, oh, with her face painted. Yeah, oh, yeah. When well, she's holding up the one thing, and yeah. she's like, "Me solo polo peepa." <laughs> eels up inside you. <laughs> uh, so the movie is about a teenage girl who lives in. Um, the middle of nowhere America and is sort of just a young goth girl who's weird and has anxiety and depression. She's a, a, a very young teenager. Um, and she's just a weird kid on the computer mm-hmm. and she gets into this sort of like marble Hornet style ARG called the world's fair. The movie opens with her doing the world's fair challenge, which is like, you have to like, watch the video and stab your finger with a pin prick or whatever and like smear the blood on something. And then the idea is, you know, you put up videos and then like as the community, if the community likes where you're going, they'll like make response videos and TikToks and stuff um, to like write a community driven story. You know how they work. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about this girl doing that. It's, it's a horror themed ARG. Sure. Um, and that's what it's about, and that's kind of all it is. Um, there aren't anything that there isn't anything that I would consider scary in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there are like shot like clips from the ARG and like the the fake m- Marble Hornets show. 
um, that are not scary. I mean, like, if you're really a child who like thinks our no sleep is really scary, <laughs> um, then, you know, you might get a little jump scare or spooked here and there, but there's nothing specifically scary. The, the, what it's really about is a girl who is using this thing to try to figure out who she is. Okay. Um, in a very teenage kind of way where she just like kind of wants to kill herself for no reason. Um, hates her dad. You don't actually ever see her dad. We have no scenes of the father. Um, there's no, there's no real scenes at all. The only person she actually talks to in like a talking scene is someone over Skype. Um, and I think the intention is to make it seem, make her seem very isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it kind of just felt like you're watching a kid be a kid. And I think because I have like some relationship to this movie, like I, I'm an adult now <laughs> and I don't feel these feelings. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, she'll grow up and then not feel sad because she's just a teenager who's isolated and alone. And then she won't be. Um, and so it, 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 I'm not sure what the movie is actually getting at or if there's anything that it has to say about this movie, about like the feeling of being a teenager. It's like just showing you the vibe of what it means to be like a kid in America who's weird. Uh, and like I said in on the letterbox, like it just feels to me like the kind of movie that like gets made and people fawn over it because it's honest quote unquote or it's like it's it's showing what it means to be x you know right and i and i find that kind of stuff usually falls empty for me because like so what well it's also one of those things <laughs> that'll always get a lot of extra get, get a lot of extra boost because it's like showing like this modern world we live in with these these <laughs> yeah. tiktok challenges and whatever and you know like it's the same juice that you get for searching, you know, where it's like, you know, you uh -huh. get you get kind of like a little bit of extra credit because it's like they made an internet movie. Got the, there's the internet on there. This is what the Zoomers are doing. <laughs> I mean, that's a big part of it. But the reason I actually watched this movie was because there was a tweet going around that was like, what are your favorite movies of the 20s so far? Mm. Like, and people were putting this on there, like, pretty consistently. And some, n no shade to any of these people for liking it, but, like, people who I generally think have decent taste, but are young, you know? Mm, I think you that have... That is a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, if this movie, like, resonates with you, like, very cool. Like, I, I don't think it's a bad movie, per se. I just don't think it's, like... It's a Rorschach test. It it it's either something that you can like put a lot of your identity and yourself and your experience on and like vibe with it and feel a lot of the feelings that you want. It's a conduit for feeling feelings mm -hmm. um, and processing stuff in your own life. And I think kids want something like that. They sure do. And for me, I'm just like, well. I, 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 don't, I, don't need, I don't need a fucking conduit, thanks. <laughs> no, really. It's just like it's not uh, it's not anything I need personally. And as art, like as an intellectual, you know, exercise, it's there's not anything here, honestly, except a really, really good performance by a little kid. Yeah. Like it's she does a great job. Everyone does a great job. But it's just. It's also not interesting looking like as a film for me, like what I want out of movies is something, show me something really interesting looking and, and a reality that I can't just like go to any town in the entirety of America and look at. <laughs> I could go to a Walmart and see this girl every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is just like a girl in an, an attic feeling sad yes. is literally what the, sh what the movie is. And uh, that's very that's very bland to me. Um, so, you know, if, if it sounds like something you'd vibe with and you are younger, especially if you're younger and you're, you know, goth, <laughs> uh, or you just have a lot of like feelings to work out about your youth. 
Um, because it's it's one of those, it just like kind of annoys me though. Like the more I think about it, the more I don't want to be too easy on it. Because it's just like you could have had a scene with the dad, mm-hmm. or you could have like explicitly said like he's abusive or he's absentee or he doesn't know how to take care of her. But it's like the movie's kind of cowardly in that way, where it like it doesn't want to step into a scene that they might fuck up with. Mm-hmm. Like they might not have an actor that can like handle the the thing. So they just don't have a scene where the dad's in it at all. You kind of have to like take, you have to be like, oh, she could be being abused and that colors the movie in this way. Or he could be a bad father and that colors the movie in this way. Or he could be a worried father and, or you know she could be a, she could just be a teenager who doesn't understand, you know? Yeah. It, it, all of these things are like, things that aren't even really addressed at all. And I think I don't think that's good. I think that it's a movie that takes a big swing and is kind of cowardly about it. Yeah. I, um, I just saw an Instagram reel, uh, today that was a girl reading from her, uh, teenage diary. And, um, (laughs) the entry Uh that she reads is, Oh my God, I'm glad I don't have that anymore. It's something along the lines (laughs) of like, um, I overheard my dad on the phone with somebody and he uh, like, it was like, I've never felt more betrayed in my life. There's like a knife at my heart and I couldn't speak out because I was like dying. And it's like, he was talking to somebody and uh, he said uh, like, I'm going to be late for whatever because I have to take my daughter to trumpet class. We're not (laughs) going to trumpet class. We're going to improv. <laughs> he's so is he so fucking embarrassed that I do improv <laughs> that he has to say I play the fucking trumpet. <laughs> and it's just this like the you can see the text like getting bigger and angrier. <laughs> oh man and it's like like, and that's like the kind of thing that i always think about with teenagers too where it's like yes a lot of there's a lot of valid feelings out there in the world there's also a lot of teenagers (laughs) who just got feelings you know yeah i remember that like i can remember my high school journal which was black pages with silver gel pen Mm, and i changed all of the names of everyone i was writing about so that if anyone ever found it they wouldn't know what i was talking about Mm. (laughs) um and I'm sure it's very embarrassing, um, <laughs> but it's like, I remember the feeling. You're like calling your mom Claudette and she's like reading it like, well, that's obviously me. Who else is cooking dinner? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I would change like the things that we're doing. That's the only, whatever. Um, I get the feelings are very visceral and like some of, you know, being a kid is a dark time. It's mm-hmm. full of anxiety and fear. And sometimes it's because of horrible things happening to you. But this is like, nothing is happening to her. Right. Like, this is a kid who's going through literally nothing. And we don't see her like having trouble making friends. We don't even see her in like, in context of like school or you're trying to relate to other people and failing. And I think it's, I I can't tell if it wants you to just be in her world, her fake world um, or what it's trying to do. But I think that what it makes it feel like to me is like, well, this girl will just eventually learn how to drive and none of this will fucking matter. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like, okay. I mean, yeah, it sucks to be locked in your room for a summer because you can't drive and you're a kid and you're, you're angsty, but I don't care. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, I, it just didn't work for me at all. Um, but I, I am interested to see what this, this lady does, the director, Jane Schoenbrunn. Uh, there's some interesting... St- she's clearly a good actor's director. So maybe she can get a really cool performance out of something with hopefully something that someone else wrote. Um, no shade, but I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah. Let's get to the feature presentation, which is another Dark Council pick. <laughs> I didn't mention that. This is the Dark Council, Willem Dafoe month. Maybe I did. Uh, yeah, we, we, we got it. <laughs> this is uh, Lars von Trier's, the beginning of his Depression trilogy. His 2009 uh, horror art film. 
Antichrist. Antichrist. Starring Willem Dafoe, our boy. Stylized as Antichrist with woman sign at the end. <laughs> yeah, with female uh, logo. Uh, which, I, yeah. Uh, starring Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg and almost no one almost else. Almost nobody else except for a child who dies right at the beginning. <laughs> which you, you've seen this movie, I right? have seen this movie before. So you were prepared. I was a little bit prepared. Um... I didn't totally remember that because when I saw it was 2009. Um, oh. So, I mean, it, it has been a while. A <laughs> uh, I didn't have a kid. It didn't really mean the same thing to me. Um, so, shouts out to whichever Dark Councilman uh, picked this one for me. Um, by the way, the kid's name, one letter off of my own kid's name. Oh, not yeah. a terribly different age <laughs> than my kid. Not a terribly different look. So, you know, same, same guy. It's like watching your kid. It die. was basically like watching my son jump out a window. So shouts out for that. I'm not going to I'm not going to go through the dark council chat and find you and hold this against you personally. But just know this sucked. <laughs> I was watching it like, damn, <laughs> I know you're, you're watching this and you're like, very... well, surely they're going to cut away. No. no, no, I remember, I remembered the, I remember, I mean, like, as soon as we picked it, I was like, hmm, Jeremy will probably not like this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was watching the opening and be like, oh, hey, his name is Nico. <laughs> oh, wow. God damn. Um, yeah. So, um, so this movie is about a couple whose child dies mm-hmm. and, uh, while they're fucking. And, uh, then it is about the mother having, just being, absolutely stricken with grief and willem dafoe is um uh he is a psychotherapist a talk like an analyst a talk therapist um and he's he's not not grieving but he's also trying to i think the implication is that he's trying to be the rock and he's trying to get her through this um with his own like i'm going to treat you as a patient basically which as we see will not work and is a very bad idea yeah uh-huh. but the, uh through a lot of um he decides to take her to uh, a cabin they have in the woods that they call eden um notably these people don't have names they're credited as he and she mm-hmm. um so we'll call him Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yep. Um, and uh, so Willem Dafoe takes her to the um, th- the middle of the woods in a creepy <laughs> cabin. Yep. And uh, as like an exposure and- therapy, I guess he like thinks that she's like afraid of it, so he's trying to push her to confront it. Which which like isn't really sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't really explain what about the woods has to do with uh, their kid. Um, she took him there when she was working on her thesis. Yeah, but like, um, so which, what? by the way, shut the fuck up! You did <laughs> not take your little two-year-old there. Are you goddamn kidding me? <laughs> you've got to, yeah. you've got, you've got to, you've got to take a train all the way out there. Then you've got to hike through the woods to get to this cabin. You've got no access to like milk, hot water, to food, or <laughs> to, to anything. You are out there with a two-year-old. You are out of your mind. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's that didn't happen. You can't get the kid there. You can't hike with the kid there. <laughs> You're not yeah. pushing a stroller up all that shit. Get lost. Right. Um, and so for whatever reason, they say, we're going to go to the cabin. Does Lars von Trier have kids? I bet oh, not. Oh, no way. I don't even think he's married. <laughs> uh, I don't know that for sure. He has four kids. <laughs> and okay. two two spouses who he's divorced from both of okay, them. Okay, I bet I bet I can guess why. <laughs> <laughs> Not so we'll very get... involved with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Um so he uh they go there and basically a series of very uh metaphorical scenes play out mm-hmm. where um it's hard to it's hard to summarize because it kind of the movie just starts like happening and like throwing stuff at you as like images some mm-hmm. of which I will say stop and say are amazing and yeah. and beautiful. some of them look like shit actually some of them look like bad CGI from 2009 mm-hmm. and some uh, of it I'm just going to say this um 
this movie like whiplash is really strongly between really beautiful stuff and really just like really shitty chintzy stuff. Like I, I, it's filmed uh, digitally in places. It hurts me. It hurts me to say this, the sequence of the child falling out the window and, and of them fucking and whatever. Gorgeous, gorgeous, really gorgeous stuff. Uh But then every time they fight each other, every time that they're arguing with each other, it's this really like shitty, like he like pans over snap zooms and then snap zooms back. And like, it lo- and and they keep doing it over and over again, back and forth between them, and you just keep being like, "Is this literally all you're gonna do? Is this yeah. really the whole thing that you're doing for this whole scene? It looks awful every time you do it. Stop <laughs> doing this. Just yeah. do a shot, reverse shot, you fucking lunatic." <laughs> What's wrong it, with you? It's not for any particular reason. Like Mm-mm. it doesn't necessarily make it. It doesn't feel like he's trying to make anxiety happen in those scenes. No, and it's not. It's not working. Even if he is trying to do that, it's just annoying. It feels and like weird it looking. feels like you're doing. You're. You're. You, you, it keeps feeling like he's zooming in for an office gym. You know, <laughs> like yeah. she, he keeps thinking that she's gonna like look at the camera and be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, according to the Wikipedia, it says that he kept excusing himself as uh, as they were filming those scenes um, due to the mental condition that he was in because um, he was in a he very was, he deep was depression. He was really depressed. He was very, very depressed. And he was not <laughs> able to operate the camera as he usually does, which made him very frustrated. Mm. So he's, he's calling... Uh, he, he's he's excusing himself due to mental he's illness. having a mental health he's got to get out <laughs> sorry yeah, sorry i can't snap zoom between you guys i have a mental health <laughs> so they they go to this they go to the dang cabin and he's trying to help her like feel better and he keeps seeing these weird things he sees mm-hmm. like a fox that is like eating its own self he sees a deer that is having like a stillborn baby uh he sees he falls asleep with like his hand out the window. Like, yeah, it just like gets like like what is it like broken glass all over it or something? I, crazy I think it's like a certain kind of mold or bugs or something oh. um, that he like has to pick off. Um, maybe leeches or something. Anyway, what happens is is that he finds her thesis kind of turned into, um, which which is hilariously delivered very like to the camera where mm-hmm. he's like you were supposed to be researching why it was bad not why it was good uh, but uh he, it was a thesis on gynocide um and just like violence against women over the ages and then she sort of like ter- took a turn and started believing that women uh were evil mm. and sort of becomes this sort of like avatar for violence and and grief and and starts terrorizing him and then rapes him literally like penetrating his leg with a drill Mm -hmm. uh then it just becomes this sort of like heavy uh kind of some people call it like gore porn or like torture porn kind of ending i'd say it is it's it's not it's not even an ending like it's like the last half of the movie yeah Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) i thought you were gonna say it's not really like gore porn no it is no it is no she cuts her clit off with a fucking scissor like yeah it's kind of like beats his dick with a fucking log and she jacks him off and blood comes comes out and and then yeah, we all then, know. Uh, we all know the parts. <laughs> We've all heard of Antichrist before. But, the, but the, importantly, though, it uh, there's not really much context that make those things feel like they make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she just kind of snaps because he brings just, up the the stupidest thing in the world. By the way, he like sees a, a Polaroid of their kid, and he's wearing boots on the wrong feet. He's like, he's like, I was looking at the. <laughs> I was looking at the autopsy report. It said everything was normal for a boy falling off a building, <laughs> except for one thing: his feet were a little weird. <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? <laughs> he's like looking at the picture. He's like, "Wait a second, his shoes were always on the wrong feet." God damn you, woman! And she's like, "I'm insane now." <laughs> yeah, and the implication is that she was like abusing him, abusing him by putting the shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> Which I'm not sure. I like. I guess it means is that like a symbol for something? And like, I thought at first when I saw the pictures of the feet, I was like, "Oh, are they like supposed to be like hooves? Like he's the Antichrist or something?" (laughs) 
Hmm, no. I didn't think about that. I don't no, think so. No, they just put the feet on the shoes on the wrong feet. <laughs> this guy's yeah. such a fucking dumbass. Lars Rancher <laughs> is so fucking stupid. <laughs> well, and then, uh, so then it basically ends up like she believes that when the three beggars arrive, there's some sort of like symbol of grief, pain, and despair. Mm-hmm. And uh, the three beggars are the, the fox, the crow, and the deer. And they're like, when they when they arrive uh someone has to die so it's going to be one or the other and then he kills her by strangling her and then burns her at a stake Mm -hmm. um and then he goes away from the cabin and um he just encounters all these naked women they're not they're naked. not naked. They're never mind they're, they're clothed they're um, blurry but faced their faces are blurred and that's the end of the movie and that's the end of the movie um so one thing to bring up here though right at the end is right before she cuts her clit off um she has a vision a memory of the night that their son died and she remembers herself seeing it and not doing anything about it right um and and then there's this like kind of ending of these like women all kind of like walking through him to go i guess they're they're all going towards the pyre right they're all going towards the woman or to him. I think they're going to him. They're passing he's him. They're all passing oh. him. Okay. Um, I kind of feel like this whole thing is, um, and 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 with the you know the woman sign and the T and whatever, it kind of feels like this is Lars Rancher being like, women fucking suck, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of fucking treacherous fucking shrews. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's sort of the main defense I want to say of the movie. I've read quite a few like critiques feminist Mm. critiques of the movie um the defense i want to have of the movies here's what i think lars von trier is trying to say okay um this is a movie that is the beginning of the depression trilogy and i think the point of the movie is sort of a ligoti type of idea of that the what depression makes you feel like is that the real truth of the universe is that everything in nature meaning in the world and in yourself is deeply evil Mm -hmm. and only about pain and death and there really isn't any way to do anything good there is no goodness in the world and there's no point in living because you're a bad person there's no morality that can save you um and so so you'll just kill everyone around you and yourself and that's the only th- valid option and i think what the movie is trying to do is put you into that headspace and kind of make you feel like he's he's i i think in a moment most of his movies the woman is the him character okay um and i think in melancholia it's the same deal except that movie is very good and this movie is kind of not good (laughs) um i think that this movie is about a woman experiencing what he experienced where it's just like there is no validity to life i don't even give a shit if my son dies Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i there's no reason for me to um and so i'm going i'm she's just the 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 hatred of all mankind or womankind in this case is sort of a stand-in for just general um misanthropy um in a sort of more directed specific way Mm -hmm. um and i think that's kind of interesting to like have a self-hatred as like a specific type of of bigotry um, if it's directed at yourself, uh, is kind of how depression feels. I think that's kind of an interesting idea. Um, and I just don't think that this movie is great on the whole. Um, and I, I don't think it's successful in like making me feel depressed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, so, but I, I do, I don't think that this is, I don't personally, I think Lars von Trier is like a Reddit guy. Yes. <laughs> but I don't think I don't he's even think, like, I mean, I think even Reddit would be a bit of like, I think he's like a random guy. I think he's like a Joker guy. I think he's like an edgelord. Like yes. that's what this feels like to me is it's like, I think you're right about kind of generally that this is supposed to be overall like an allegory about like personal depression. But 
I think that the things that he chooses to put in here are like so like needlessly provocative in like in in ways that don't add anything to the story at all. You know, like I don't yeah. necessarily think that we like I, I don't think that we gain anything by seeing her chop her clit off that we wouldn't gain by seeing her <laughs> cut her wrist. You know what I mean? Like, of course. I don't think that we gain anything from seeing her bash his balls in that we wouldn't get from just seeing her alienate him like a person does in real life. You know? <laughs> like, well, these things I- are just like, these are like so fucking like, it, it, it's, 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 um, it's the kind of, I guess it's the kind of catastrophizing you do when you're a self-centered, depressed person, right? Yes. Where you're just like, I don't even care. My son could fucking fall out the window. <laughs> but it's like, it just feels like that. It feels very campy at times where you're like, this is just all so over the top. I don't believe you that you feel like this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, I, 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 I believe him, but I, I, I don't think it works for me uh, so my history with this movie is is that i saw when it came out mm-hmm. when i was in college um and i thought it was like a lot of things at this point i i feel like i the way i watched a lot of movies was like a you know i'm just a sieve you know where like i don't know enough about at a certain point in my 20s like late teens early 20s i was like I don't know anything like Mm -hmm. I haven't done the reading of Nietzsche and you know Heigl and all of these things that smart filmmakers are referencing so it's not it was didn't really feel like I could say like oh wow Lars von Trier is a fraud or or a charlatan here because I didn't know what he was referencing sure and there's a lot of like biblical you know Christian mythicism mythology stuff in here um and so I would just watch things and be like, that looked cool. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of weird stuff and lots of fun scenes and some really beautiful shots and some interesting acting. Um, and I was like, kind of cool movie. And then like, I saw Melancholia, which I still am pretty sure is a really good movie. Um, so I was like, Large von Trier is cool. But as an adult, I've read all of those things. <laughs> and now what I understand is that this is just like made up symbolism for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like the opening scene, which does look cool, shot on a phantom, different camera than the rest of the movie. The, yeah, all I the slow-mo. So. <laughs> all the slow-mo is on phantom. Everything else is on the red camera, which looks pretty good. But at this time, still kind of looks a little video-y. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, like in that opening sequence, there's a scene where the little statues say pain, despair, and grief on them. And I'm just like, Which Come is like that's not on, much man. better than Boondock Saints. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like, that's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't take that from some like culture and be like, this is an interesting counterpoint. He just made up these this idea of the three beggars mm-hmm. that's a fake constellation. It doesn't make any sense. Like, so what are we supposed to take from this? He just wanted to do the cool animal things. Yeah. He's, just, he's it's just Tim Burton. It's just it's better. It's worse than Tim Burton. It's just Boondock Saints shit. <laughs> um, so so I think watching it with a little bit of education about like history and 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 you know philosophy. It's no Thomas Ligotti. It's no Nietzsche. It's just a guy who's really fucking bummed out, <laughs> like trying to like express himself. And I think it it feels like a teenager doing it. You know, it feels like a feels like a kid who gets obsessed with serial killers. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's it's very Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. It's very exactly. like it's just very random. <laughs> it's very random, right? But I was it's, a teenager, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, who doesn't love you know random shit when they're a teenager? But that's the thing is, it's like this is this feels like trench coat guy shit. This feels yeah. like Joker guy shit. Well, and it, and it's really important to look at Lars von Trier through that lens because like he keeps getting himself. I think very purposefully in the media by being like, I'm a Nazi. Ha ha ha. And it's like, he's joking. He isn't a Nazi. I really think he's probably 
a reasonably kind-hearted person. He's just lame. Yes. Like, <laughs> he just has... I, he, I, think it, I mean, I think his, his career, like, it, it... it, Like, you could look at Europa, the, the movie that uh, he made after Element of Crime, which is a... Element of Crime is so stylized and up its own ass that it, I like it because it isn't really saying much. It just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Europa, also cool because it's about Nazis in a really interesting way and, and and it's a cool movie uh and i i don't think you can watch that movie and be like large Trier is a nazi like i don't think he is i he grew up very communist his family's very communist like he 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 just is in love with violence because he's very very mentally ill and depressed mm-hmm. so i think critically you don't need to like say oh he's politically a bad guy you can just be you like. You just say his movies suck. <laughs> Some of his movies are pretty lame. This movie sucks pretty fucking bad. <laughs> if his name wasn't Lars von Trier, I feel like he'd he probably wouldn't have the career that he has. Uh, yeah. If his well, name was like Steve Jones, like I don't think he'd sure. have a huge career. Well, I, I mean, I'll I'll come a little bit to his offense because I do think he's made some really good movies. I mm-hmm. think Element of Crime is really interesting and cool. I think Europa is cool. Uh, I think the whole dogma stuff was really annoying and stupid. Like the idiots is a dumb movie. Um, people love breaking the waves and dancer in the dark, um, which I haven't seen. <laughs> uh, I heard they were very sad and they made like adult men cry. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. Sounds yeah, really that sad. Sounds sad. <laughs> uh, uh, so I actually have never seen either of those movies, even though I love Bjork and uh, she credits it with them. Um, not making her ever want to act again. Um, mm. And she doesn't like Lars von Trier, so maybe he's a bad guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't care. He seems like he probably is. I mean, if I had to guess. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just saying, like, poli- it's not about his politics here. Like, it's about the way he is. Yeah. Just, you know, showing these things. As, yeah, no, like, I don't mean politically. I mean, like, like interpersonally. If, like, if you were doing, like, a coin flip, call it in the air, I'm calling it, he's a bad guy. <laughs> sure. um yeah i did i think this movie i think i'm a little softer on it than you probably because Mm -hmm. i do really enjoy the vibes of like big chunks of the movie like before she freaks out and after once they get to the cabin and then before she freaks out Mm -hmm. like it's slow and not a lot happens but that even watching it this time like the uncertainty and unease and shots of her like like really weirdly lit in slow motion walking through the forest sure like there's something craftsmanship wise like really cool yeah, i like there. that sort of stuff i don't that's the thing is like i don't like it almost feels at times like i'm like i don't know like like there, there, there's something more frustrating about it in the fact that you can see these things that are decent in it and then you're like but you just like it's you know what I'm going to compare it to Yellowstone where there's this kind of feeling in the first season of Yellowstone where you're like you know what you're doing you have a good idea here like you have fun characters that you can do some interesting dramatic things with you have a family with a lot of tension in it you can do some stuff with this but you just can't help yourself but to kill somebody in every episode you have to you have to you're afraid people are going to tune out and that's what this feels like to me is that it's like Lars von Trier has this interesting interesting idea about grief and depression and 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 but he just like he's terrified of somebody not paying attention to him and so uh-huh. he's like the kid has to he falls out the window and we see it from top to bottom we see every inch of that fall <laughs> and 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 she's gonna beat his balls to death you know <laughs> and, and we she's gotta gonna, show it we gotta show it we, we gotta, gotta show, show the come have... shoot out we gotta see it and i think what's 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 more frustrating to me is that like if you're trying to get me to experience the absolute like staring into the void like nihilistic depression Mm -hmm. like visceral violence is the opposite of that to me yeah like yeah it suddenly feels like fucking Django unchained you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah like this is this is kinetic and and exciting she fucking she drills a hole in his leg and puts a fucking grindstone through it and puts it on there and then throws the wrench under the thing you're doing bugs bunny shit dude (laughs) (laughs) this is cartoony 
Yeah. Um, before we go, I want to, uh, my background with the movie, I think is, is, is a pretty funny story to kind of close on. <laughs> okay. Um, so when this came out it was 2009, I saw this in the theaters as well. Um, at the time I was in a long distance relationship um, with this oh, girl. Oh, no, I would never and, do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was in college. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was in a long distance relationship with this girl and uh, I would have to drive like two, three hours up to go see her and I would do it like, you know, every other weekend. It's not really that long distance. So I'd see her a fair two amount. Two or three hours? Yeah, two or three hours upstate to go see her. God. And um, uh, I hadn't seen her. It was like finals. So we like hadn't seen each other for like a month, right? And I was like, oh man, all right, I'm going to go up and see her uh, and we'll, we'll go out on a date and we'll go home, fuck, and it'll be great. And sure. uh, we go out, we're going to go see a movie, and we're like, Antichrist, I bet that's like a horror movie, let's go see that. And we go see it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I bet it's a horror I movie. I bet it's a horror movie, and that'll be fun. <laughs> well, you're kind of right. And... Boy, has my dick ever been less sucked? <laughs> less sucked. Nothing happens. <laughs> Not a goddamn thing the whole weekend. Damn, ruined the whole weekend. Whole weekend blown. All right, so Jeremy watching, can't be Watching trusted. Willem Dafoe get his dick beat the fuck <laughs> Jeremy's opinion can't be trusted because he got blue balls by Antichrist. <laughs> That's why you hate Lars von Trier. Absolutely. No, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think that this movie is not recommended by me. Yeah, not recommended. Uh, I would say watch Melancholia instead, because what's interesting is that you can see all of the things that he wanted to do in um, in Antichrist that were good really work in Melancholia, where it's a movie about a planet about to run into earth and destroy all human life. And it's just about this one woman who's just like, that's what's going to happen. There is no hope. And like the movie really does make you feel very depressed. And I think that movie is much more successful. There's no violence. It's just like everyone's slowly losing any hope that their lives mean anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the end, everyone dies. (laughs) Uh, And the whole world is gone. Um, and it's incredible. Like it's a really tough experience and you leave it feeling like you just got punched in the face in a way that Antichrist does not feel like at all. Antichrist feels like, wow, weird saw ripoff, but with like cool artsy shots. <laughs> yeah, you know what uh-huh. I mean? Um so I would say unless you gotta see the fox say chaos reigns, uh, I'd say skip yeah. this one and watch that one instead. Unless you're unless you're your friend's Twitter name is like nature is Satan's church. And you've always wondered where that came from. <laughs> um, I wouldn't recommend this either. Yeah, that, that stuff's just like that stuff rang so silly to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What like, does that mean? Nature is Satan's it, church. She Like Charlotte Gainsbourg tries so hard to make that line not sound stupid as hell. Uh-huh. And it still sounds like a Mark random line. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely can't recommend this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't recommend it either. Of course, I think it's a piece of shit. I think it's a bad movie. <laughs> um, and I, I don't only think it because I got blue balled. I also think it because uh, <laughs> I, I also think it because of all the snap zooms. I honestly like before we even got to all of <laughs> oh, the, yeah. all of the dick beating and whatever this time watching it like I straight up there were several times where I was like I can't believe that I've forgotten that I watched a toddler jump out a window because I'm so <laughs> focused on how annoying this camera work is. It's yeah. really annoying and it's really bad and it's really shaky a lot of the time in a way that mm-hmm. you're like what are you trying to show me? like what's the idea of making this so shaky like which which it just like is the worst thing you can do if you're shooting on a 2009 red camera Mm -hmm. where it's like if you just hold it still and you make people move slowly you can make it look like film yeah but if you fucking shake it around it looks like a vhs camera it looks really fucking bad and um yeah and and it's like shakier than you want from like the shaky like if you want a little bit of handheld dirt that's one thing but i mean like you're getting like straight up i mean it feels like the fucking fight scenes in green street hooligans it's like yeah. it really feels like you're, you're gonna have disturbed playing behind it it's moving so much 
Um, so I think it's a bad movie. I think if you want a good movie about depression that, you know, you know, actually gets it pretty well, uh, I'd say eternal sunshine is a better movie than this. Oh, that's such a good movie. Um, I'd say even like fucking, I see even like skeleton twins is better than this. I think, um, you know, you, Watch- you can, you can do better. There's a, the, the movie is dedicated to Andrei Tarkovsky, um, which I don't know what that means. Uh, Tarkovsky is 10,000 times the filmmaker that Trier, Von Trier is. But watch The Sacrifice, another movie about the world ending and people dealing with what that means for them. Um, his last film before he, he perished. Um, or The Mirror or Nostalgia. It literally just watch all of Tarkovsky's movies <laughs> uh, instead of this. We should do one of those, by the way. He's mm. like one of my favorite filmmakers. I'll make you sit through three hours of Russian uh, art movies. Uh, <laughs> and okay. I mean, if you want to watch like fucked up violence and just like watch oh, some yeah. people get fucked up pretty fucking bad. I mean, I'd say like Saw. Saw. Saw's good. Hostile. You know, no, I don't watch Hostel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to watch Hostel. Um, what's that guy? The um, the Japanese guy, um, Takashi Miike. He did the uh, audition. Audition is incredible. Audition you is fucking audition. gnarly. Uh, you could watch um, when she makes him eat the puke. Fuck off. Yeah, I- Ichi the Killer. He Ichi also the killer. did. Uh huh. Cannibal um, Holocaust. Funny Games by Michael Haneke, mm-hmm. one of the greatest directors. Not very gory living. though. That one is it. That's true. It's just it's just un- gnarly when he beats unsettling. the guy's leg up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's lots of good movies or yeah. better movies uh, about violence. All right. So thanks for listening. That's been Willem Dafoe. Not a very good Willem Dafoe movie. Um, you can watch Sallow. Sallow, mm. 120 Days of Sodom. Pretty yeah. good movie. Um, about how bad fascism is. Pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone forgets that it's a very political movie. Um, anyway. I only know it as the gay one that the, they got in trouble for. <laughs> who was it? Virgil posted it that one time. Oh, oh yeah. Everybody was well, like, "You're calling Pete Buttigieg gay." <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the worst thing Virgil did. Um, anyway. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, this will be this was second uh, with Defoe month. Next week will be Spider Man. Get me that Spider Man directed by Sam Raimi. Yes, um, and we're going to watch that. Gosh, I haven't seen that movie in a long Might be time. Our but first, I- no, never mind. I was going to say first superhero movie, but we watched Aquaman, of course. Oh, of course, we and wa- we've, we've watched, watched the Avengers movies and shit. And we watched the Avengers. You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's been um, a long time is- we've been doing this show. <laughs> 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 quite a while actually uh three years almost no over mm-hmm. it's three and a half years at this point so that's fun um so thank you so much for listening to it if you've gotten three years worth of joy out of this show why don't you go to patreon.com slash generation loss and give us a little joy yourself in the form uh, of money <laughs> that's right <laughs> give us your fucking you- money you will get things in return. You get a whole nother bonus episode every week uh, where we talk about the movie news, where you live. If you, (laughs) (laughs) if you email us, Uh, we talk about movie trailers. We talk about the series we're watching, which this month is Rome, HBO's Rome, which we are allegedly watching. (laughs) I've watched half an episode so far. (laughs) I watched the first episode and I'm kind of interested. It's a, it's pretty cool so far. Uh, We'll see how it goes. Um, and if you go to the Sopranos tier, you get to vote on what we watch next. So in two months, you'll uh, you get to vote on what we watch after Rome. Um, and uh, you get all kinds of cool stuff. You can join the Dark Council. It's a cool place. Go to patreon.com slash generationloss. Hang out with the Discord. Follow us on Twitter at GenLossPod. And then follow us individually from there. And until next time, that's, that's movies. movies. <laughs>